Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast, brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's best-selling vegan magazine and the UK's number one vegan content site. Coming up in today's episode, in part one, I'm joined by the amazing Jake Yap, who had me in stitches for a full half an hour. Um, He is standing in for Molly, who's taking a little break this week. So we're discussing the worst vegan meals we've ever eaten uh, following the news that a business class passenger was given a banana as a pre-ordered vegan vegan breakfast. And in part two, we meet Lena, the club secretary for Vegan Runners UK. And she talks us through how to join the club, how it was set up by Fiona Oaks, and how you can get involved, even if you're not a pro at running and you just do the odd park run. Um, We also discuss why running is a fantastic form of activism. Molly is taking a little break this week because she's moving house, she's not feeling great, and the amazing Jake Yap has kindly offered to step in in her place um and I feel like um, i should have offered to move house for, like how bad is she? is she all right yeah she'll survive she's fine she's just having you know when you're just having a bit of a yeah lots going on mm. and um sh- yeah she's all right but um i'm just looking at you on zoom jake and you're wearing describe what you're wearing where uh the top half oh is a <laughs> I don't, what kind of podcast is this? I uh, so it's um, it's like a hoodie. It's one of those big ones. I think uh, the the brand <laughs> everyone is, is an Udi, but this Udi. is a this is a cuddle, which is a similar thing with a K, K U D L. So it's oversized and it's pink with unicorns. It felt like an important an important statement. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I'm very jealous. I mean, I'm not ready to get the whole Sam Smith. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. I'm an oversized hoodie. You're just working your way towards that. 
Like, Maybe not. No disrespect, but I, yeah, it's not really my, my vibe. No. <laughs> and I just use the word vibe, which is also not my vibe. No. So. Yeah, you're down with the kids like Molly. Um, we were just also saying, just off, off air, as it were, that you have got the most incredible mic that is like, I think, 20 times more expensive than mine. So your sound quality is going to be... It's it's compensating. If I switch to like my computer's onboard microphone, you know, like if I switch, right? Ready? Yeah. This is my voice. <laughs> Any other microphone, and then if I switch back, sounds like that. So. <laughs> it's super sexy. Thank. Well, I've put it on. There's a there's a switch for sexy, and then super sexy, and I put it. Is that all right? Yeah, you've gone full super sexy for the Simply Vegan <laughs> podcast. Can, can you cope? I don't know I, if you. Hopefully our listeners won't be sort of swooning and, you know, fainting or anything. Anyway. I can't pay for any injuries and I cannot pay for your therapy. I, you know, I, I can't. That's the disclaimer. So many tribunals. <laughs> oh. Well, listen, I'm sure a lot of our um, regular listeners will know who you are. You used to host the Vegan Life podcast. And um, we also met at VegFest, didn't we? And we were on a panel together, yeah, which was great. so much fun, um, with Jim, was it Jim Moore from Bloody Vegans? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think it's Jim Moore. We'll go with that. Um, but who, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, who are you, Jake Yap? That's, every, that's everyone, just so you know. Um, <laughs> I, I never really know what to say. I, I'm, a, I'm a writer and broadcaster. I did... Um, I, the thing that people I'm perhaps best known for is I was on Charlie Brooker's TV show, um, but this was a few years ago. I did things in two minutes, so I would do like all of, uh, I don't know, um, this morning in two minutes or something like that. I take a whole TV show or whatever and distill it down. But then uh, I I did some stuff. I used to. I was just saying I used to be the voice of Dave, but that was much more excitable. So I sounded like this. Um, what's always on, Dave? Uh, Top Gear tonight at nine. It was always posh and excitable. That was my kind of. I love that. That is amazing. I did that for about twelve years, and then um, I did a series for them called The Hurting, which was a lot of fun. Uh, it was just people falling off skateboards. Right. I haven't really done anything, you know. You're on the radio now, aren't you? Yes, I have. I just did a thing in January for Radio Four Extra which was called Unwinding, which was so much fun. And what I believe I was put on this earth to do. It was a nightly live show for three hours talking oh, to wow. comedians and just more interesting people. I don't, I don't mean that. Comedians can be hard work. <laughs> Someone who's dabbled in it. I can be hard work. It's hard, isn't it? We, do you know what? Because um, after VegFest, I started following you on social media and I saw that you were kind of on the radio. And at the same time, Jamie Lang, who oh, is, Jamie also, Lang. is yeah. also quite posh. Yes, um, Jamie Lang, he does yeah. a podcast, doesn't he? So I thought that was you on Radio 1 with, who's he on with? Greg no, James which? or Matt Edmondson, I get confused. I've, I've, no, they're all the same. Uh, interchangeable. Um, <laughs> Jamie Lang, I'm a big fan of Jamie Lang. Now, he was behind um, Candy Kittens, which are oh. vegan sweets. <gasps> Maybe yeah. we need to get him on too, and you can be like twinning. I'd love that. I would love that. I've got Voice a bit of a crush on Jamie Lang. 
He's wonderful. Hey, I, I really do. So he was in Made in Chelsea. He's got yeah. blonde hair. You'd recognize him if you saw him. Um, but he did. Uh, did you ever see a show called Murder in Successville? No. Brilliant sort of semi-improvised comedy show. It was like a whodunit. But they get a celebrity guest in each week who was sort of had to play the part of a police, like a rookie cop. Right. And they had to solve this celebrity murder mystery. And he was so good on it. He knew exactly what needed to be done in his right. role. And he did it brilliantly. I'll have uh, to I, I dig that out. But yeah, I, they kept saying Jamie Lang. And I was like, no, it isn't. this is Jake. <laughs> Jake is on Radio 1. Oh, my God, I know him. <laughs> but it I'm wasn't never, you. <laughs> I'm afraid not. I'm afraid not. Um, we we thought today we would talk about the news story that's been everywhere. And if you want to read more, you can go to the Vegan Food and Living website, but it's on all the main um, sort of newspaper sites and yeah, stuff. Yeah, who cares well. about them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, and it's a story that a man was uh, in business class. He was flying with Japan Airlines and he was served for his pre-ordered vegan breakfast, a banana with um, a pair of chopsticks so we thought we'd have a chat about our worst experiences of like vegan meals eating out I mean I haven't I haven't flown since going vegan because of the pandemic and because I'm very poor so I don't know you have you been on a have you been on a plane Uh, I think I have but I don't think I've got any food I want to start by talking about really just the concept of a business banana which doesn't sound (laughs) good but uh and then chopsticks is, but also I think really just I I have a complicated relationship with bananas, <laughs> business bananas because okay, I mean, okay, tell us more. <laughs> I can't be bothered. It would never occur to me to sit down and eat a banana. It's, it's like oh, really? Does my what? life come to that? If it's chopped up over some cereal, I guess I could get reasonably jazzed. If it's banana bread, then excellent. But just just a banana. It's yeah. like fruit is unacceptable as a dessert. I, I you know, I'm sorry. I, I won't I won't I don't even want a fruit based dessert, you know. No. I no. I agree. I agree. I think um I think yeah, I know what you mean. You sort of buy them with all the best intentions and then you just sort of glance at them every day, sort of feeling a little bit guilty because they're going they're more and more brown. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I just, yeah, unless someone's going to serve it to me chopped up and make it look all nice and yeah. sort of accessible. It's, yeah, it's not very... Um, I think, you, do you know, I think you're onto something there that, you know, like the best cup of tea you can have is the one that someone else has made for you. Like just because yeah. it's a gesture. What a, what a wonderful thing. If someone brought me bananas, like, as you say, chopped up over some cereal, I'd be like... This is fantastic. Banana custard. I could go crazy for that, but oh, you're going to make me peel it myself. I sound like such a diva. <laughs> yeah. You peel it with the chopsticks while I watch statistically. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I've got no time for that. And I mean, I feel like sort of airline food is, I mean, that's long gone, isn't it, really, anyway, for normal people? <laughs> well, I mean, I used to love, like getting on the flight i just get really excited even even though you knew it was gonna it's gonna be like pretty awful it's just like the fact it comes in a little package and you peel back the lid and you're like oh a little yogurt or a little i like the kind of um it's sort of the the often there'd be like a very small micro bread roll yes in the cellophane package and with the drop in the air pressure it was just kind of (laughs) like 
about to pop. Yeah, it was just exciting because everything's sort of like miniature. But to just get served a banana, that is so, so sad and depressing. Surely a little pack of crackers or a little, like a biscuit on the side might have made it acceptable. I don't know. What's the most, go on then, because I feel like you're very suggestible for breakfasts. <laughs> What's... You talked about, suddenly you're, you're going into biscuits. And oh, that's, no. that's, that's afternoon, evening territory, that. No, come on. How wildly hedonistic are you prepared to go for breakfast? I am not into Cheap. sweets. I'm not. <laughs> Leftover pizza, would you? Curry? We're talking about my husband here. He literally goes down, and if we've had a barbecue in the summer, he'll be like reheating the burger for breakfast. He literally, wow. he will eat anything. <laughs> I'm really, I'm not like that at all. I don't really, I don't really like sweet breakfast. I'd, I'm like a nice, wholesome, savoury. I don't know, scrambled tofu or mushrooms or sure. maybe a tomato. You know. If I'm Those feeling that's wealthy. all gone. Back, back in the day, I'd have a tomato. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to think about your your primary question of um, you know, bad eating out experiences in terms of vegan food. And you know, there's always that sort of cliche of, well, we'll you we'll give you a ham salad, but we'll pick off the ham. Leave it. <laughs> ham juice, not over there. <laughs> I want to ask you this because I haven't asked anyone outside my household this. And I don't know if I'm going crazy because they looked at me like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I was like, no, don't, don't gas like lettuce, right? Yeah. Some lettuce, you know, like the sort of, what are they called? The butter, butter, butter you know what, you know what I mean? Oh, yes. Uh, loose leaf, like slightly flappy, flappy yeah. leaf. Yeah. Right? The fancy Not a tight iceberg. I mean, like, yeah. Are they called, anyway, the leaves are kind of greasy. Do you know what I mean? Even like a romaine lettuce, there's like a film, a sort of waxy film. I'm not crazy, I swear to God. Where are you getting your lettuce from? I'm crazy. They're like a non-stick salad. Like, there's a... (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to picture it, but I I mean, are we talking like rocket as well? No, no, actually not rocket. Rocket's like, no way. Rocket's the opposite. Right. But like on a, yeah, like a loose, loosely leaved lettuce. Okay. Um, sort of film of, now you're going to tell me, try washing vegetables, Jacob. It's <laughs> but um, yeah, there's, there is a, oh, it's just me. I'd love it if your listeners could, could wade in on this. Okay. Though. Right. Email simplyvegananthem.co.uk. Do you notice a waxy film on your Loose leaf lettuce. Yes. Right? Yeah, like a romaine lettuce, or a, is it called a butterball? Not a butterball. Oh, what is it? Butter something, isn't it? I um, know the one I mean. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. Oh, it's really yeah. bugging me. I can't think what it's called, but yes, people write in and tell us whether Jake is um, insane or not. I mean, I think I kind of know the answer, but <laughs> okay, we'll leave that to the listeners. Um, <laughs> what's. <the> what, <laughs> What's the worst meal you've had then in a in a pub? Well, this is I'm 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 sort of this is a horrible kind of confessional, you know. But a lot of us had a pre-vegan life, and um, I've been vegan. I got to establish my credentials now. I've been this is my twelfth year of veganism. <gasps> Amazing. Okay, fine, great. 
<laughs> with that established, um, I did, I, you know, I was vegetarian for 20, 30 years before that. And, um, and occasionally I would dabble with pescatarianism and that that's, let's be honest, not a thing. <laughs> so I agree. I agree. That's, and I'm sorry. Um, but sometimes just it felt at the time out of necessity. Uh, I now see the error of my ways, but at the time. So I was doing a job. I was, I used to, um, I used to write the script for the world music awards, um, in Monaco, which I, I feel like everyone has a sort of, was it a weird dream memory of like they'd be on, do you know what I mean? It'd be like Prince Albert of Monaco welcomes the finest. You know what I mean? Do you remember that? And it was always there and it was just weird. And one year Michael Jackson thought he'd won the award and he hadn't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. So I used to write the script for that. And, um, and it was absolute codswallop. The whole thing was, I mean, it was like camping. You know how it takes about a year to forget how stressful camping is as an experience and make you kind of go, well, I know what would be fun. Let's go camping. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you go, oh, why did I do this? It was the same writing the script for the World Music Awards. Every year I'd think, yeah, why not? And then I'd get there and be like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> it, it's the only project where I've lost it. Like I, I, I'm pretty mild mad and I don't, you know, I've, I've never really flown off the hook at work ever that I can ever think of. But um I do remember I had a script meeting with the the woman who ran the World Music Awards, and I had I had the script on a memory stick, a USB memory stick. And I remember flinging it against the wall after this meeting and just saying, "There's no physical way I can do this," because she just implemented so many changes. And I think you know, like three hours before we started the show. Oh my god. Just- um, it was always chaos. There are so many stories, and some of them are so unbroadcastable. What I love is I never signed an NDA, so I, I, there's a lot of things I can I can tell you. How long is this podcast? How long have you got? Well, it's only supposed to be about half an hour for this section, so we might have to get you back next week. <laughs> Just tell us what I mean. What? Why was it so, so crazy? I'm really intrigued now. I'll give you for, a for instance, right? Okay. One year. Um, I was writing the script and I was told that Sharon Stone was the host. Um, I was like, okay. So I started writing a script for Sharon Stone and then I was told, ah, well, um, a big American broadcaster has, uh, picked up the show. They're going to rebroadcast it in America. And they don't really feel that Sharon Stone is sort of ties in with their sort of family values image. Um, so they've asked for a co-presenter. Um, they don't, they didn't want Sharon Stone at all. They were like, you need to get a new presenter. But the, the woman who runs the world music awards, who was extraordinary and she could threaten to chop off your male genitalia in five languages. She was extra and did. Um, she said, well, you've got to have Sharon Stone because I paid her a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my God. They were like, well, you probably shouldn't have done that, but uh, okay, fine. Find a co-host though, who fits in with our brand. So they kind of asked around and Ricky Martin was coming in to collect uh, an award. And they said, if we give you like another award, like, I don't know, the legend award or something like that. And $50,000, like, would you like do it? And he was like, sure. He said, well, he said, see, I don't know what he said, uh, but he agreed. So now I've got this double header script. And I'm just kind of reworking the whole thing with Ricky Martin and Sharon Stone. And 
you know, doing stuff about La Vida Loca and I don't know. Yeah. Do about Sharon Stone, I don't know. Uh, and <laughs> and the whole thing is a bit of a nightmare, uh, but I'm sort of getting there. And it's the day of the show and I can see in the corner the director and the lighting director and the producer and they're looking quite conspiratorial. And I sort of feel like I, th- I feel like I need to be in, in the middle of this conversation. So I kind of walk over and I go, how's it going, guys? And they're like, um... Uh, we may have uh, we may have lost Ricky Martin as a presenter. I'm like glad I glad I came along uh, to the meeting, guys. Uh, they said, yeah, he he had a good night last night, and uh, no, really refreshed. And he'd like to just sort of mime to his record and collect his award and go home. <gasps> like, oh, what do we do? Well, what are we going to do? And they're like, we're going to find another co-host. I was like, oh, okay. So they came up with Jason Derulo, who I didn't, I didn't know. At the time. You know him now. He's the guy who says Jason Derulo all the time. Yeah, and yeah, him. Um, and the network, the American network, was like, yes, okay. Um, but now they had to clear that with Sharon Stone's people. And um, Sharon Stone was like, "Who's Jason Derulo?" And they said, "He's the guy who says Jason Derulo all the time." They're like, I "Don't know what you're talking about." Okay, fine. So now I've got a gut. All the amusing stuff about upside inside out, you know, uh, as skin being the color of mocha because we are not living la vida loca. Ricky Martin will not be. So I, all no. that has to come. This is on the day of the show. This oh, is like Jesus. a twenty-page script. And um, I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, and I put in stuff with Jason Derulo, and uh, we do that. And um, <laughs> uh, and then, like, literally, I can't physically print the script. We've got one consumer-grade printer, like a little desktop printer. There's a crew of 130 people, and it's a 120-page script. And I, what do I do? I managed to get a, a pregnant woman to walk up the hill to a, a sort of sister venue, to a hotel where there's a business suite, and she prints a couple of copies. I get a couple of copies printed. I managed to photocopy another one in the business suite. And I managed to get a copy like to each of the floor managers either side of the um, stage and the director. And I, I have to, with my own money, put a runner in a cab and say, will you go to Sharon Stone's hotel and deliver this? Because she hasn't seen the script and she's supposed to be hosting this tonight. Like, I've been trying to get a meeting to just walk through the script with her, make sure she was okay with it. Couldn't get it. Like, and it's like half past one. Anyway, time ticks by. I get these scripts done. And I'm feeling okay. I'm like, against all the odds, I did it. I landed it. I, I made it work. You know, Jason Derulo and Sharon Stone. It's it's a it's an okay script. There's still some cute jokes in there. It's it's going to be fine. It's, it's I'm feeling good. The, the red carpet event has started. It's it's the evening. We're in full swing. It's 6.30. I'm, I'm, can I just say, I'm feeling really stressed right now. Like, literally, like sweating i'm just there with you like what's gonna happen well i'm i'm feeling good you know and <laughs> vips are coming in uh, over the red carpet and i'm just inside so the red carpet obviously is on the outside of the venue and it comes in and i'm in the lobby and i see uh the talent producer uh just across the red carpet and sort of in an amiable way feeling pretty chill about the whole thing i sort of say hey how's it going and he says Guessing I can't swear on this, right? <laughs> Molly does. Molly does. We have to sort of rein her in. So yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm going to say pants, which he was American and he wouldn't have said pants. All right. Okay, yeah. So I say, hey, how's it going? And he goes, well, pretty pants <laughs> since Sharon Stone walked. <laughs> oh, no. And I, at the top of my voice, I just went, what? And he went, oh, you didn't hear? 
I was like, no, when did this happen? And he said, just now. And I said, oh my God, what do we do? Like it's 6.45. We're, a, we're due to start the show in an hour and a quarter. Oh my God. Like, what do we do? We just lost our main host. <laughs> what do we do? And he says, come with me. And we literally, we're a contraflow on the red carpet. We, we're running through these people. We run out like along this long private road out of this venue. We, we, we turn left. We go along the sort of main drag of Monaco uh, and into a, a hotel uh, through the lobby. We go into the elevator. We go up to the fifth floor. We knock on the door of suite 504. Pamela Anderson opens the door and we say, how'd you like $50,000 and to host the show tonight? And she goes, okay. And I'm like, great. Can we come in? Sure. And it's her and this thug guy who, I think he was the guy who uh, released the Paris Hilton tape. He is absolute trash. And I think she just married him or she was engaged or something. And he was foul. Anyway, I'm in this sort of bizarre, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? I'm sitting on this bed. Pamela Anderson's bed next to Pamela Anderson saying, okay, ignore where it says Sharon here. Uh, this, this is your stuff. It'll say Pamela. And she's like, okay, good. Cause if it doesn't say my name, I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. um, we get to the opening joke, right? And this is where it suddenly dials back to actually being a relevant story for your podcast. Okay. I was waiting for this. <laughs> she says, what's this, what's this bit here? I don't, I don't get this. I'm like, oh, okay. So the opening joke is, uh, welcome to Monaco, uh, a, a destination synonymous with uh, sophistication, great taste, and $40 cheeseburgers, um, which they are. Like, food is so expensive. Yeah, yeah, it is, actually. I have been. Actually, I, would take, I would take a kit. I would take packs of Thai fun tofu and peanut butter in my suitcase with me. Oh when I, I couldn't afford to eat them. No. <laughs> <clears throat> And she was like, yeah, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I was like, um, <laughs> okay. It's just that that's sort of setting up a running gag throughout the show about, oh, wow, the food here is so expensive. Um, could we? And she was like, yeah, I don't want to say that. I was like, why? Uh, you know, is it that bad? And she was like, well, I'm vegan. I was like, great. I'm vegan too. Uh, we can change it. How about oh. we say $30 side salad. How would that be? And she's like, yeah, I know. I don't want to say it. Could you get like a bubble bath? Do you remember that time I did that thing with the bubble bath and I was in it and it was cute. And this idiot guy's eating fruit. And I don't know why that annoyed me so much, but he's eating. <laughs> was it a banana? <laughs> Tell me you get 75,000. It's like, I hated him. Yeah, it was chopped up. No, it was watermelon. I just don't remember. Anyway, um, I hated him for having free watermelon. Anyway, um, uh, she was like, yeah, I don't want to say that. I was like, if we drop this joke, we lose all of the infrastructure for, mm. for every, almost really now every moment of humor in the script because I have the Ricky Martin stuff's gone. Everything's gone. <laughs> and um, and uh, she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say it. And I kind of take a deep breath and I go, okay. And this is not a great vegan term of phrase, but I just fillet the script. Like every joke comes out. Like it's slash and burn. It's literally just that was, this is, that was, this is. And, um, uh, but she, you know, she's happy and she's going to do the show. And, and now we have to, to tell everyone because the director doesn't know this has happened. 
and now it's I say half past seven with an eight o'clock start. Where's Sharon Stone? Where's she gone? So here's what happened. Here's what happened. You know how the broadcaster said, we don't want Sharon Stone. And the organizer said, well, I paid her Mm $100,000. Well, she hadn't. That was a lie. And the agent said, if you don't pay the $100,000 by half past six, Sharon's not going to be doing the show. And she came and went, and she didn't pay the 100000 And the agent said, well, you don't get Sharon Stone then. Oh. So the whole thing had been a lie. This whole construct, this, this catastrophic domino of madness had come from, from a lie. Yeah. Just in the first place. Anyway, we went and, uh, we, we, and it was just, I mean, it was just unbelievable. And the way it was edited for TV in the end, you wouldn't know that, that Pamela Anderson had been in that auditorium, let alone the host of it. It was extraordinary the way they cut it. That's, that's such an incredible story. I'm like trying to picture you sitting on Pamela Anderson's bed. You're both vegan. I mean, did, did she, was she impressed when you said that? Was she like, oh, my God, great. Or... Uh, no, I know. I don't think anything <laughs> I did or said impressed her. <laughs> Were you wearing that oodle, pink oodle thing, though? I, mean, I, that listen, mu- I don't have to wear it. It's just, I'm much more comfortable if I wear it. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was all mad. It was all mad like that, every step of it. And and yeah, in terms of vegan food, it was it was dreadful. And it just food generally. Yeah. So I would I'd pack iron rations. Did you ever pack holiday iron rations? Oh, dear, and what were they? For me, it was, it was, it was peanut butter. No, because I've only been vegan six years. So I've oh. never been abroad. Um, I mean, I've had some weird camping experiences where we mm. bought a vegan pizza and tried to cook it on the gas grill thing. That was just stupid. That was, was it, a bit, it, it was, it was just weird. That was when we just gone, but this is me and my daughter when we just gone vegan and I don't know what we were thinking. We were just like, would that work? But it didn't. Those yeah. early days of veganism are hard. You know, you're trying to figure out. I don't know what. I don't know doing. what you're How doing, that... do you? Exactly. But now, you know, you just get your burgers and everything else, don't you? Or your veg. But um, I think the worst, um, one of the worst experiences I've had is um, at a country pub. And it was for my mother-in-law's birthday. And there was a big group of us, including like, you know, um, like family members with new partners and you know it was kind of a big deal but it was in this country pub and I thought well they're they're not going to do vegan options I just knew it because it was like really like rural so rang up you know do you do a vegan roast yes we do yeah that's fine we'll do a vegan nut roast amazing so I'm like I don't have to make a fuss you know I don't want everyone going vegan oh oh you know she's she's been really fussy so we get there and I was like just um can I have the vegan roast please and basically no vegan roast, no vegan roast potatoes, no, literally yeah. nothing. I was just like, could I have just the potatoes and veg? Well, the potatoes are cooked in whatever. What what fat do they use? What dog dog fat. Dog fat. Yes. <laughs> Goose fat, whatever fat it was, I don't know, but it was yeah. And the the all the veg was covered in butter and couldn't apparently be cooked without it. So um I and the only thing she could offer me was a pea risotto but I just I was so cross because I was like I don't want to pay for no. a meal I don't want to I don't want to eat rice <laughs> no, I want a rice. dinner yeah I agree 
I actually forgot the, what the point was about the World Music Awards, which was that there was a canteen there. And ah. so I would say I was pescatarian just to make life easier. Oh, right, and yeah. Chef, you know, I said, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm a vegetarian at the time. And he was like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm sorry. He said, well, what about fish? Would you eat fish? I was like, yeah, okay, I'll eat fish. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'll prepare something special for you for tonight. And then I got there and he was like, oh, you know, it's hard for me to give this to you because I kind of want it for myself. I was like, okay. I was like, hmm, ah. And he gives me this plate and it's huge. It's like a pizza-sized plate with this mound, like a hillock of squid. Oh, no. Bald, sliced, fried squid. And that's it. There's no vegetable. There is nothing. It is just a mound of squid. And I don't like squid, you no. know. I don't really like squid, you know. That's just an excuse for eating batter, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, and I oh. did what we could, but you know. And he was like, "Oh, you lucky dog," you know. And I was like, "Yes, yes, I am. Please don't give me this tomorrow." <laughs> was this was this quite a long time ago? Then was this like yeah, this back is in like, two thousand and six? I think. Yeah. yeah, thank God things have got better. But going back. Going back to my pub, just to let you know what they oh, yes yes what they compensated us with was foie gras. <laughs> what? That's true. come on. That's the most unvegan thing there is. That's like yeah. eating orphans. You like so to compensate the two vegans who had to eat rice with some peas chucked in when they were looking forward to a nice roast dinner. They bought over foie gras, which then the whole table excitedly tucked into. And I sat there literally boiling over. I argued with my husband all the way home. I was I'm never going there again, your mother. <laughs> Did you ever go there again? No, no, I'm not ever going there again. I mean, what was that all about? Your mother-in-law since then? I'm still speaking to the mother-in-law, yes. And she, she appreciates the vegan thing now but i do see it but it's not for me but i do yeah i'll get it (laughs) yeah Yeah, she she won't be a convert but um no i couldn't i couldn't no i I think um i think another thing as well is when um they say vegan option available and Mm -hmm. actually it just means they're taking off the cheese or or like you say the ham so you're paying the same price Yes. Basically, the focal of the salad or the dish is just being removed. So it's just some... Why am I paying one pound extra for the avocado in my burrito when the basic costs of mine are much lower? Yeah, yeah. Really bugs me. Oh, Jake, I've just laughed for like half an hour. I mean, if you were doing this instead of Molly, I just have to sit here laughing every week, which, you know. That's crowded you out of your own podcast. That's appalling. That's cuckooism. It's fine. It's fine. I I enjoyed the break. (laughs) (laughs) I hope she gets her house move. She's fine. But will you come back again? I am yours for the taking whenever you want anything. Really? Anything? I quite yeah. like that oodle. Oh. <laughs> you were lying. I'm not <laughs> yours. <laughs> I've got another one. So. <laughs> Slightly soiled, but it's yours. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Jake. And keep listening. Next up is Lena, the club secretary for Vegan Runners UK. 
nice to have you on because uh, we've been talking a lot about running lately. I've just joined um, the Vegan Runners and um, one of our lovely patrons, Jamie Kinghorn, um, I believe got in touch with you, didn't he? And suggested to me that we had you on. So tell us all about Vegan Runners then. How did you end up, you know, as their club secretary and what's the organisation all about? Oh, yes. So, yes, thank you for having me uh, in the first place. And um, yes, Vegan Runners, it's a club for uh, for those who live vegan lifestyle and who like to run. Um, we do have the runners from very different backgrounds. Some of them are uh, runners uh, from early days, from the junior years, uh, who... Uh, became vegans somewhere in in their in the life and now uh that's that's a lifestyle they live and uh we have people who were vegans and decided they want to do the running and uh, so the club is uh, is a mixture of of both and and um the club is run by the committee so we have uh, volunteers who are club's committee and um the committee members they are voted on so people can uh step up for that and and the members they do the voting and and then uh they decide yes or no and uh i originally joined the committee as a, a representative for london area and uh um, yeah, because I'm based in London, I, I liked doing the events, uh, meeting people, and um, it worked somehow quite well. So, um, yeah, the the club was put together back in 2004, I guess, by a few athletes. One of them is Fiona Oaks. Yeah, yeah. Do you so know where? Yeah. So tell us about Fiona for anyone who doesn't um, know the story. I, I met her actually at, I think it was Runfest, um, mm. Runfest event, which the vegan runners were at. So yeah, tell us about Fiona. Um, so Fiona, she is the British distance runner. She holds at least four world records uh, for marathon running. Um in 2013, I guess, uh, she won Antarctic Ice Marathon and she also won North Pole Marathon. Mm-hmm. And um, she's vegan from early days, I guess, six or seven years old. And she runs the sanctuary, a Tower hill stables animal sanctuary yeah and um, she has a documentary that summarizes her achievements and her life and her purpose called running for good yeah she's an amazing woman isn't she i mean she yes. does it she literally does it all for the animals uh, she you know exactly. she just literally she doesn't run for her own sort of well-being or anything she's literally just running and I think she might have said this in the talk that she gave at Runfest you know she's just running as if you know an animal's life depends on it and she's just so passionate about spreading the word 
you know and and i guess if you're you are a vegan runner running in this vest then it is sort of it's sort of a form of activism isn't it um but didn't she have like like a broken knee or no kneecap or something that she was running with for years yes that that fact it makes it even more impressive because um i think in the documentary she says that at some point she was almost uh, diagnosed as disabled to nearly that point um but yeah she just did her, her thing and obviously built her strength and um promoted the message in the way that only i think she could and, and she's still doing it by the way so yeah she's still going bless her she's still going yeah <laughs> we really That's must get her on the podcast because she's yeah she's 100 percent, absolutely yeah. i mean I know she's a very busy lady though, isn't she? Because she's obviously, um, you know, running the sanctuary. So she's looking after all these animals. Um, the money, so the, the membership for vegan mm-hmm. runners is, it's just six pounds a year. It is six pounds a year. And then the family membership is nine pounds a year, uh, where you can, uh, add basically all your family for the same nine pounds. And, um, yes. And and that the money goes into the into the treasurer's account into the pot, uh, and is managed by the committee. And uh, at the annual general meetings, we present the reports on how we spend the money, where the money goes, how much of the money is in the in the bank, and the the company, the organization is fully non profit, and anything we we have is to be invested back into the promoting of the club and promoting of the vegan message. Yeah, it's fantastic. Six pounds a year or nine pounds a year. I mean, that's nothing, is it? So, you know, yes. and to be to be sort of a part of that. So it's currently, um, am I right in saying that vegan runners are the biggest club in Park Run? <laughs> I, I love that. There's such a great community. And, and, you know, anyone listening, please do go and join up. Um, it's such a lovely community on Facebook. And everyone was like, come on, come on. You know, we, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. Because I, I had joined Vegan Runners and I do park run occasionally, but I hadn't set it as my club because I don't have any, there's no vegan runners around here that I know of. I've never seen anyone running in a vest. Um, I think there might be one sort of that's half an hour away or something. So, you know, I hadn't thought to set it, but everyone was like, set it, you know, set Vegan Runners as your club for park run. Um, so it got to number one, didn't it? Yes. Uh, I think it was January. 23rd when we finally managed to get to the number one spot um and um it was um it was a big achievement because um it's not only that it's uh, now the biggest club but uh, we also have loads of uh, people who attend the park run as volunteers so I know in London alone we have uh, four or five run directors who just make the park run happen. So those in a park run, sometimes they don't come up on a runner's list as vegan runners, but many, many of them are also volunteering. They're marshalling the barcode scanning. And mm-hmm. um, so the community is definitely out there. Definitely change your profile. <laughs> yeah. Definitely add it. Uh, you will you will be surprised because um, 
yeah, on the results will come up and then somehow people get connected and then they will see you, you see them and, and then you realize everyone else is vegan around you and this is how, how it goes. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite fun. It's really, really fun. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to connect with other people who sort of share your, your values and ethics, isn't it? And just have a bit yes. of fun as well. So how can people get involved then? For example, with me I'm I I go running with my friend and I do park run now and again but I'm not sort of you know I'm not what I'd classify as a runner um and if someone is a bit nervous and they're a bit like you know they they maybe haven't got that that club near them or the community how can they get involved and kind of um you know get, get a bit more confident about running so um there are many ways I think to, to get involved. Uh, in, if you are new to running, I would say definitely, uh, uh, find your regional representative, check on the website we have in your area section where you can connect, email the person who overlooks your area. So let's say if you are based in southeast or southwest or northwest of Scotland, you can just email the person who overlooks and then they have the resource to just check who is around you and if there is around you any any members that live around you or meet up meet around you and uh, the other way to to connect with a club is through races so even if you are new to 10k or, or 5k you can still enter and uh, very often uh People join the club because they saw someone wearing a vest in a race. Uh, that's uh, that goes big time with races like London Marathon, uh, Brighton Marathon, Brighton Half that we just had. Um, we had loads of rep- representatives with with the club vests, and um, the the park run obviously is one of the things. But I would say start your own. If you don't have anything, you can always start. And, uh, uh, in London, when I, when I first joined, um, I was also with different club. I wasn't uh, very confident wearing the vest because I, I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how I will be perceived by other people. Like, yeah. because it, it says you're yeah, vegan. So it's a bit like, <laughs> Okay. Uh, like, do I, do I look right? Do I behave right? Is this yeah. how I should be doing? You know, because <laughs> you, you are a hundred percent on a spotlight. It's such a spotlight. I don't think any other t-shirt will give you more attention than wearing a vegan mask vest. So the pressure is there. I'm, I'm club secretary and I'm, I'm telling you it's, <laughs> yeah. it's them. So trust me, if, if you're a member for a month or you're a member for, you know, four or five years, um, so, but I really feel like, um, as long as, uh, as long as your intention is, is, is to really do good and, and, you know, you know why you're doing it and you want to benefit your surroundings and you want to, you know, treat others with respect and treat others with love. Um, there is just no, no, no wrong way. Like people will, uh, uh, people ask questions. People are really, really kind. They all, you always get shouts of go vegan. Um, and yes, so, um, definitely don't be afraid. Uh, it may be scary, but until you do it for a few times and, 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 um, yeah. And and then you realize that, uh, 
people will treat you by how you treat them, not by why what you what you're wearing the best. And um, in the, I, I'm exposed to many non-vegan communities in in London because I was very active in the running world before I joined Vegan Runners, and people just treat me exactly the same as they were treating if I would wear a black vest, you know. So just it, it yeah. Yeah, no one's throwing sort of sausages at you. And <laughs> no, no, actually, people are impressed. People say, "Oh, so how do I go vegan?" And uh, I'm like, "Oh, don't worry." <laughs> that's what don't I love. Worry. Though it is, it is, you know, uh, spreading awareness, isn't it? Really, and you know, if someone sees you and thinks, "Oh, she, you know, she's like doing really well in the race," or even if you're not, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can inspire people. You have no idea when and how you will inspire people. You just have no idea. Yeah. It's a very distinctive vest, isn't it? It's kind of black with a green <laughs> strip that says vegan runners. And I need to order mine. I'm sort of, yeah, I think after this chat, I just needed that bit of, sort of confidence to go, right, Holly, you're going to do this. So yeah, I need to order my vest and get out there. <laughs> Definitely. And yes, um, uh, I would say book book the event, uh, come to the event, uh, meet other people, and you you will just uh, get this vibe of of uh, being a member. And uh, I know even in London, like I, I do the meetups every week. We we meet at least three four times a week in London. And some of the members sometimes they in the group chat for like a year and they're like, oh, I'm so anxious. And I'm like, why? Come. <laughs> like, don't be anxious. You know, like it's, it's really supportive. It's, it's really positive. And, um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's, it's all for the good. You know, it's, it's, it's really, um, you'll be surprised. We have such a lovely communities and everyone is just supportive and encouraging and, and, and loving to one another. So that's, that's really nice. Yeah. Get that nice warm feeling. Um, so you've obviously been running, like you said, um, for a long time and you're, you know, sort of in that world. So what tips would you share to anyone who wants to run more, wants to improve their running? Uh, I would say really find things that you love, like do the things that you really like. Uh, when I started my running, I, uh, especially in London when I would try to start the meetups and start the social ones and get people involved more in London. Um, I would just create routes in London that I would love to do. And even if I would come to the meetup and I'm the only one in the meetup, I would still do the route. <laughs> it happened many times, by the way. I would still do the route and I would still do, do because I just love what I did. I just love this route. It goes by this park or it goes to this place I've never been before and it's just exciting and okay no one came I'll try again and uh, for me um, with my schedule I don't have enough time to like train for ultras or marathons so uh, for that reason I I count myself as a 510k runner so this is the distances I'm working on so my training plans they're targeted to improve the 5k time the 10k time and and that's my running if you are 400 meters runner you are a runner if you are a, a walker jogger 
that's that's the thing. If you are ultramarathon runner, you exactly see a runner as you know someone who's doing two hundred sprints. That's exactly the same running. So don't really try to fit in any, but see what motivates you to do it again and again and again, and then it it just grows from there. I really like that because I, I you know I'm I'm sort of okay with the five k now. I've I've built up to that. But you sort of still feel like, oh, I'm such a beginner. You know, I should be doing a half marathon or a marathon. But actually, it's okay if I just want to do 5K, if that's what I have time to do. Like you said, our lives are so busy. And if you don't have time to train for these events, then, you know, just enjoy it. Yes, uh, you can be, uh, you can, you can, like I said, do 200 meter sprints. And that's, that's running. So, I mean, there is no right or wrong. And I, I know people who, who train for 500, 5,000 meters as the main distance as, as, as long as they know them. I mean, that's, that's their thing. It's 5Ks, maximum 10Ks. And, and, uh, there are plenty of races to do that. The park one is 5K, not a race, by the way. Park one is a run, <laughs> yeah. as, as they say. Uh, but, um, yeah. I mean, you just need to find uh, what works for you. Uh, even if you can't find uh, uh, the, like I said, the the vegan runners meet up around you. Uh, be a vegan, get the best, join the running club, start that you know running vibe around you. Uh, trust me, people. People are really nice and then you really find out soon enough someone, oh, I'm vegetarian. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I tried this as well. And it, it, it's, it's, it really, um, I never had bad experience with wearing a vest or, uh, being as a vegan runner in non-vegan environment. People are really so cautious. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, relax. It's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> They're like, oh, can you sit in my car? Like, I have this, and I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> like, or, or they're like, um, oh, can you eat these nuts? I'm like, no, I don't eat nuts. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and if you can do that, and I'm like, yes, you know, can you eat that? I'm like, yeah, like vegans can eat, but I don't eat. You know, so it's fun. I mean, it's just relax. Uh, do your thing make sure you're having fun make sure you want to come back make sure you want to do it again and 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 that's the only way yeah so if anyone wants to join up do they head to the website yes so uh just go to the the website there is a section of join us and then you fill the form um and yeah then you get approved all you need to agree is that you live a vegan lifestyle and we we go by the definition of vegan society what is the vegan lifestyle and um that's it yeah brilliant okay i'm going to order my vest and i'm going <laughs> to do park run in my vest and be very brave <laughs> trust me relax yeah just quickly before you go what do you do cuz this you know, is something that I know a lot of people are interested in in finding out more about. What sort of strength training do you do to support your running? So that's also very individual because some people have more natural strength from the previous training or previous sports experience they had before they came into running. They they could be gym goers for many years. 
um, others can be brand new to that. Um, so we usually recommend people to do at least one to two strength trainings a week. And that's obviously, uh, focused on, on legs, on posture, on core, core strength and, uh, simple things like gym workouts. They work beautifully. Um, uh, and uh, anything that keeps your posture, keeps your muscle tone uh, right, uh, that that will do. Um, many many members they have their own coaches, they follow their own plans, and um, their strength and conditioning or or, or stretch uh, routines, um, they have that uh, their own. They go to the um, to the sessions, but um, really. Uh, Keep it. I, I say the consistency is the key. Mm. If if you can squeeze in one strength session in in a week, do just that and make mm. sure you continue at least two months. Uh, or if you can do two of those, do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, the consistency and the the uh, moving forward with that and and really doing what uh, motivates you to do it again and and do it more of it. Uh, that's, uh, but as for the muscle tone, it's, it's really very, very individual. Uh, I know many of the, of the runners, they do at least two strength trainings, mm-hmm. yoga, Pilates, um, just because all of these muscles and all of this body strength needed to carry yourself all the way through the distances they're going. Yeah. I definitely need to do some more stretching. I'll to get- <laughs> everyone, everyone needs something. Yeah, I need to get my bands on the go, I think. Um, well, the, the great thing about being part of a community like this is that you can, you know, especially over on Facebook, you can talk to other people, can't you, and see what, what they're doing. And and I guess it's just finding what works for you and what fits into your time schedule. And, you know, I find that um, early morning is the only time I can really fit anything in. And sometimes you're just like, I do not want to get up at six o'clock. <laughs> Um, yes, um, um, I use Strava. I, I don't really use social media, but Strava is the running app that I, I use. And uh, I can see usually in the mornings when I wake up before work, I can see some of the members. They did like 5 a.m. runs, oh 6 a.m. runs. And it's it's like freezing outside. It's cold. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, now now my, my perspective of doing that 5K at, you know, 7 p.m. is much better. <laughs> yeah, suddenly it doesn't so, seem so bad. Things like that. It, it really, like this community spirit, whatever, however you get it in a, in a face-to-face communication or social media or the running apps, um, it really helps. And, and you know, they, they're also living that vegan lifestyle. They also have families and works and friends and other things to do. So, um, yeah, but it, it's just a way of living, like being a vegan, um, running is, is for many people, that's what they want to do all the way to the, until they're 70 years old, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just a way of living. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good for your mental health as well, isn't it? Which, oh. you know, we don't talk about enough. But oh, it's been so nice to chat to you, Lena. Thank you so much for getting up so early and talking to me. Um, and yeah, I will. Uh, well, it'd be nice to meet you at some point. Do you do any events throughout the year? Or yes, we have loads of events. Where are you now based? I'm in Dorset, so I'm in Dorchester, a little little town down south. 
All right. So I think you have, um, is it Southwest? Yes. Yes. So you have Damien, uh, who is your representative. I'm quite sure in Dorset you have a group of vegan mothers. I'm not sure if that's very close to where you live exactly. Yeah. But I'm quite sure there is. And yes, the next event we have is in Nottingham. We have the annual general meeting in a few weeks. That's 21st to 23rd of April. And then closer to you, we have the vegan campout coming up. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah, and that will have the local park run with a lot of vegan runners. Like, I think it will be one of the biggest meetups we had. With, I'm talking about like a few hundreds of green and black. That's so, amazing. <laughs> that must maybe be, it's a good start. Yes, that must be such an amazing sight to see everyone. Yes, uh, if, if you see the website, the current picture of the web, on the website is, uh, from the rugby meetup that we had during the last vegan campout. Right. Um, and, and it's, it's quite cool when you look around and everyone is vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good park run. Yeah. <laughs> this is the world I want to exist in. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's really, really cool. And then, and everyone, like everyone was really, I can remember that meetup. It, everyone was really having fun, like event organizers and, and the other volunteers. And it's just, it's just, you know, it's just fun. Like, and, yeah. and, um, yeah. So the vegan camp out Oxfordshire end of July, that will be close to you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we will have m- much more events, but, um, it will be, probably send it by email uh on the events calendar on the website and um yeah brilliant oh thank you so much it's been really nice to chat to you i hope you enjoyed the episode today it was certainly a really good laugh chatting to jake and we are definitely going to get him back again Please do leave us a review. It really helps us to rank in the charts and we are always striving to improve. So please drop us an email, simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk with your thoughts. And also don't forget, you can join us over on patreon.com forward slash simplyvegan from just £2 a month. And also you can subscribe to the magazine and try an issue for just 99p when you head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast. 